Employees are looking for more in the workplace than ever before, from flexibility and work-life balance to learning and career development. They're also looking for employees with whom they share a sense of purpose and values. So how do organisations build inclusive cultures that can deliver on the diverse needs of their employees? I'm Hamish Coots. You're listening to Talent Talks, brought to you by SEEK. And we are back with Talent Talks. Hamish Coots and I'm joined by Sam Shepherd and Kathleen McCudden. Ladies, welcome to Talent Talks. Welcome to ARI 2018. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm going to start with a really open, broad question and get you both to, uh, to, to pitch in and jump in with your answers. But what is a culture of inclusiveness? What does it actually mean to you both as individuals and also your organisations? For me, quite simply, it is about creating an environment where our people can be at their best. They can be who they are, they can feel comfortable. And the reason that that's important to us is when our people are at our best, we deliver our best impact and solutions for our client. Kathleen? Yeah, I I completely agree with Sam. I think if I would describe an inclusive workforce, it's really about how people feel when they come to work. So I think it's um, where people feel really valued, where they feel respected and when differences amongst people are really valued and encouraged. And so I think the best test of whether a company is inclusive is how people feel when they come into work and whether they feel they can be their real selves. So it it sounds like a bit of a journey, I imagine, and and it started probably with a problem at some stage, but how far along are we, if you look broadly across the industry and broadly in companies, um, in terms of creating inclusive workplaces, are we at the genesis of the beginning? Are, Are we improving or have we... Is there still a large challenge ahead of us? I think we have come a very, very long way. But the disappointment I have is the very fact that we are still using the word diversity. Um, The very fact that it still has to be part of our HR and our business strategic agendas means that we haven't come far enough. The real vision should be... Um, What does a workplace look like when you don't have to have a diversity and an inclusion strategy because it's just the way we are? And and I hope we see that in in my career. Um, But I have been surprised as to how hard and and how how slow it seems to to actually get there. Right. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think the good thing is that there's a lot more discussion about the need for um, a diverse workforce and uh, an inclusion. I think we've moved well beyond, well, what does that look like in terms of the demographics or the attributes of the workforce to do we really value differences, differences in the way people think, the way that they contribute, their different work styles, flexibility. So I think it's a much broader topic now. Mm -hmm. It is an interesting topic because I think... If you, if you um, think about the culture of an organisation and also wanting to be inclusive and diverse, how do you hire people who are a fit for your culture but don't simply hire the same sorts of people as well? So that, that, that sort of is something which, you know, me and my team, um, in terms of how we, um, you know, we sort of view ourselves as custodians of the culture, but we also want to value... Uh, diversity and difference and so that's a really interesting balance to to I think for sure. One term I have heard used and the, the narrative is shifting is around culture ad as opposed to culture fit. Sam 
is that something that your conversation at Deloitte is sort of heading down as well? How do we add to our culture as opposed to getting people to necessarily fit to our... I guess a stereotype is the byproduct, is it not, of, of getting people that are all, we need another Ben, is, is the one term that gets thrown around a little bit? Look, I think the thing that I value uh, since I've joined Deloitte is I do I do see the difference. Um, I, I do think that um, the diversity of our... Um, of our business. Um, I mean, we used to be a traditional accounting and, and, and tax firm, and, yes. and, and now we are hiring people with digital excellence. Um, we are delivering um, decoupled solutions. Um, and so the very fact that the nature of our business has changed um, has led to the very fact that our talent needs to be uh, more diverse, bring new skills, new thinking. We are we're hiring people with new and different um, backgrounds, and they have all brought something really special, kind of, to our culture. But at the end of the day, I think there needs to be an anchor. There needs to be an anchor for any organisation which says what do we stand for, and and what is core um, to us. And and at Deloitte, that's very much our purpose. That's about making an impact that matters to our clients, our people and communities. Mm. And so as we look for talent, we look for people who can help us deliver on that purpose. Now, um, they will come in many shapes and, and forms and, and bring uh, different perspectives and, and richness um, to our environment. But I think perhaps more we're looking for alignment to our purpose and values, perhaps rather than just this generic label of culture. Sure. And, and Kathleen, at Seek, is that a similar... Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right, Sam. I, I view it the same way. I think there are... Well, at Seek, we have four very clear attributes that mm. we value and which um, are really well-defined for people. And then we have some beliefs. And they're the things which really we wouldn't compromise because we think to have the sort of company that's going to be successful and that people love coming to work at, those things we wouldn't compromise on. But then in terms of, you know, the skills... Um, that the approach, the background, the experience, the ability to challenge the status quo, we need differences in order for our company to evolve. So I think there's some foundational things that we don't compromise on in terms of the attributes of people, but by all means we want differences as well. And mm. so we actively look for that in the, um, the process of acquiring talent. How have Deloitte arrived at being recognised as, as you know, such a great, diverse, inclusive workforce? We're very proud that uh, the diversity and inclusion agenda has been so core to our leadership priorities for so many years. And, um, and I think part of what I'm learning about the power of the culture at Deloitte is that it has transcended um, a number of CEOs. Um, and we're just uh, in the process of going through a, a CEO change at the moment. And, and this will be very much about consolidating that legacy and, and even taking it to kind of the next step. So I think my first point would be um, it has been uh, a priority and it has been a driving force and... Um, and it has been a long, sustained journey mm. of commitment. Yeah. And so when we look back on our 
DNI uh, agenda, as you say, it, it far outweighs uh, my tenure with the with the organisation, but certainly goes back more than a decade. And I think um, our leadership um, at the time had the foresight to to really know. Um, that it was a non-negotiable uh, for success going forward. And the other thing is um, that support and that commitment and that investment um, in both um, time and uh, financial dollars has been sustained. And I think this is an agenda that can't come and flow with uh, with what's the buzz or what's exciting or what are the latest HR trends. And I I think a lot of the Deloitte success just comes from working hard and doing the right thing about something that we know is essential um, to make us one of the best employers that we can be. Kathleen, Sam used the point that it has to be a priority for the leadership as well. Um, We know that it is at seek, but but talk to us, I I guess, how important is that, that it really is, first of all, a top-down approach, and it is genuinely important to the leaders of business? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's what's the the thing about having a strong culture and being very vocal about it and um, hiring against, you know, the attributes and beliefs we think are important is people feel very invested and what I find happens is if there are times when we're not acting in accordance or incongruent with what we say is important in our culture, people tell you. And so for me, that's actually a sign of a really strong culture because people value the environment that they work in and we sort of have a almost like a course correction amongst our people if things aren't always um, lighting up with what we say is valuable to us. And that's important because we don't always get it right. Mm. And, um, I mean, I'll give you an example right at the moment. So, you know, I, I do think we have a very inclusive and diverse workforce. And at the same time, SEEK is quite a young organisation. And so a lot of our policies and practices are orientated to, you know, more people at sort of early stage of their career. Increasingly, I've had people write to me saying... I'm a grandparent and I would really love to be able to take some leave to spend time with my, you know, my new grandchild. There's no policy or practice which really caters for me or someone else wrote to me about the fact they're interested in considering a transition to retirement. So we have to evolve because that hasn't been valuable for us or or important 10 years ago at SEEK. But as the workforce has grown, we've got a lot more generational diversity. We've got to cater for all. So that's a great example in my view of we've got to evolve. We can't stand still. And I really encourage people to come forward. We have a culture ambassador um, team at SEEK, which is a cross-section of different people from um, different uh, offices across Australia and New Zealand and also um, different functional teams. And that's such a great avenue for me to find out how people are feeling about working mm. as we evolve and change things. What do we need to be thoughtful of? What's working well? What's not working well? Yeah. And Sam, Kathleen sort of mentioned there the way that we um, a policy evolves and things change within a workforce and an organisation. And how important is it to actually step back sometimes and have a look and assess and actually make sure that what we're doing, what we're designing and how we're making our workforce um, work better together is actually suits where a company is now and in the future. Yeah, Hamish, it's absolutely critical. 
our workforce is evolving, but the nature of work is evolving um, too. We only have to think about the technical changes uh, that are, are coming in, particularly as we consider the structure of work going forward and the impact of automation. Um, we know, and um, listening to Linda Grattan uh, earlier in the ARI conference, um, you know her her position on the longevity uh, of life and the very fact that whether or not we like it or or we don't, then we're going to be working uh, longer. And so uh, part of our responsibilities uh, can quite honestly be um, kind of as a grandparent, as a carer. Um, in the latter stages of life, not just for young families uh, kind of going forward. Kathleen, SEEK has, has grown, obviously, if we look back even the last seven or eight years, uh, massively. Is it harder now to get that feedback from our workforce? If you look at SEEK, we're in a lot of different countries now um, as a HR team. I, I remember when I started here, um, it was pretty much just a survey and we could get everyone in the one room. It was pretty easy yeah. to get a quorum um, as a HR team now. Um, how does technology play a part? How do you think about actually understanding the different markets and what our people are saying? I think it's a really great question. It's something that you know I, I think about quite a lot um, and discuss a lot with my team and with the group executives at SEEK. Um, a couple of things I'd say. First of all, if you've got a culture where people feel they can surface issues or suggestions and ideas, then that's a really important starting point. But then you have to create the, the, the methods or the forums to enable that. And so what we're finding increasingly is as our workforce gets bigger, um, we need to be thinking about how we engage with different areas from a segmenting perspective. So, for example, mm. uh, we find that our tech teams prefer to engage over something like Slack rather than reading an email. Um, and and then, you know, we've, I find that uh, talking with the customer service and sales team, they love a round table. They love that face-to-face -face contact. And so um, they're just a few examples. We definitely use technology. We use, I, I would say, all avenues of communication and engagement, but just recognising that there are differences across our workforce and we need to cater for that and we need to be very proactive in reaching out uh, to source the right, the right feedback that, um, that we need to evolve and continue to improve. And of course, the most important thing is that we actually do something with it, because if you don't actually do anything with it, then they stop talking to you. Such well, a great point. Yeah, Such I was a great going point. to say that, that level of fatigue, I guess, where feedback goes into the great abyss and, and although it's not possible to change everything, even that feedback loop coming back of where things are at, um, you know, I have certainly seen that can break down very, very quickly. And people stop, once they stop giving that feedback um, to your points, um, that can make it very hard to start that process up again, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I, Sam, I think that's such a great point that you raise. Um, in, in my experience, people who raise suggestions or um, concerns about, um, you know, whatever it may be in an organisation, usually what they want is they want to be heard mm. and they want a dialogue around what they've raised. So it's not necessarily that you must act on their suggestion. I mean, that's just you know, not practical, but also it's more that they want to feel heard and they want to feel acknowledged. And if there's some sort of general themes that are coming through in terms of feedback or ideas or suggestions, that there's some dialogue between leaders and people around what are we doing about this and have we heard people and, um, and sometimes even saying, look, we've heard you about this and we're not going to change it and this is, this is, we've given a lot of thought to it and this is why. And just context around things is often so useful for people. 
And then, of course, there are things um, which come up and which surface which, which leaders need to do something about. And so I think sitting on things which are incongruent with what you say is important in your culture or which are impacting people in terms of their job satisfaction or their level of empowerment, you've got to take action on that. Yes. If we're looking back, where should an organisation or a business start when it comes to actually defining its purpose? So a lot of people listening to this um, will be much smaller organisations than Seek and Deloitte. They would love, I guess, your advice and the way that you were thinking about it when it comes to defining a purpose. If I take the the Deloitte example, um, our purpose is a global purpose to make an impact that matters uh, came from our global firm. And so a lot of what we did, and um, it was led by our CEO, Cindy Hook at the time, who who went out and actually articulated to our entire uh, population of Deloitians what her personal purpose was. And, um, and it was back in November 2016, and it started the uh, campaign where we invited every single employee and partner to articulate what their purpose um, uh, was. Uh, we led it with a social media campaign. It goes to Kathleen's point earlier about the importance of involvement and, and defining uh, that together with your employees. <laughs> Um, rather than uh, than for them, and we were staggered. We had more than um, two thousand um, videos posted to our really? hashtag Impact really? That Matters yeah. uh, campaign. You know, at the time, that was almost seventy percent of of our active workforce that took time uh, to actually kind of share their story. And so, I think a big thing for for us is is taking this down to every single person, every single role. And I truly believe that in Deloitte, people people identify with our firm's purpose because we've allowed them the time and the space and the ability to express and to some extent um, actually get to understand their own purpose and actually see how that connects to their work Um, and what they can bring uh, to Deloitte every single day. Kathleen, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think purpose is a really interesting um, topic when it comes to organisations because it can be so powerful and galvanising if people get behind it and feel really bought in. I, I, I really like that story about Apollo 13 when there was a person sweeping the floor at the end of the day and someone made a comment to them, oh, that must be a bit monotonous and boring. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. What I'm doing is helping put a man on the moon. And, um, and I, you know, to a certain extent, I feel that at SEEK because we have a, a, a purpose of helping people to live fulfilling and productive working lives and also helping um, organisations succeed. And if you think about how much time people spend in their jobs, and if you think about the impact of having a you know, really terrific job where you enjoy going to work and you feel productive. I mean, that has such a positive impact on the individual, their family, but also society as a whole. And so what I would say, I mean, this this question when we ask whether people feel that the purpose is, you know, valuable and resonates for them, it scores, you know, nearly 100% in our engagement surveys because everyone knows how important it is to help people into a job that they're going to love. Great. Um, So it's very galvanising and it makes people feel like it really does, I think, have people at seat go the extra mile because they feel like they're changing the world and people's lives. And that's just so powerful. It's really, really, really special. 
That was Sam Shepard, Chief HR Officer at Deloitte, and Kathleen McCudden, Group HR Director at Seek. To hear more talent talks, head to insightsresources.seek.com.au. I'm Hamish Coots.